Hi, we're Josh and Arielle Wamsley, owners of Green Valley Tree LLC, based in North Wyndham. We're proud to sponsor Connecticut East this week and to serve the communities of Wyndham and New London counties with our tree removal and plant health care services. Visit our website at greenvalleytreeworks.com for a full list of our services or give us a call on 860-234-4041. We look forward to hearing from you. We're taking a trip across state lines this week to Westerly, Rhode Island. As we look at border towns where people live and work and cross over each day. Plus we take a look at other stories making the headlines from around the region. This is Connecticut East This Week. Hello, I'm Brian Scott-Smith. Not everyone that lives in the state of Connecticut works here. Every day, hundreds of people cross state lines to work in either New York, Massachusetts or Rhode Island or possibly beyond. Here in eastern Connecticut, we're bordered by Massachusetts and Rhode Island. So I thought it would be interesting to cross the state line and visit a border town to find out more about it. This time around, we visit Westerly in Rhode Island and who better to give us a tour of the town than the managing editor of the local newspaper. So we're standing in Wilcox Park with Corey Fike, managing editor of the Westerly Sun. We've pulled you out of your office. I know you like, just like me, to get out and about. So, Corey, beautiful park here. We can probably hear a little bit of the mowing going on in the background, and we've got the beautiful fountain. Westerly, tell us a little bit about it, because people will have heard of it. We're doing a piece about border towns, you know, that borders Connecticut. Give us that 60-second elevator pitch about Westerly. Well, Westerly is a wonderful town. It is the unofficial county seat of Washington County. It is a beautiful town, a town that loves the arts, a town that has a beautiful park and a revitalized downtown and a, a bustling uh, chamber of commerce and lots of beaches and just about anything you would want to, you know, have a successful time or have a good time. It's a great place to live, it's a great place to work, it's a great place to have fun. Of course, the point of all of this is, and doing this series, is there are people that live in Connecticut, vice versa, who go across the the state border because they either work there, you are one of them. I am one of them. I grew up in Pawkatuck, Connecticut, a section of Stonington, and I did all, and I still do, to, to be honest, do most of my shopping and recreational activities in Westerly. It just offers so much. Everybody from Stonington and the other border towns around here, Westerly is a cultural and a business center. Lots of great buildings here in Westerly. Despite it just being a small little town, we're going to explore a few of them, some of the other areas of the uh, the town as well. So let's take a little walk through the park, and I think we're heading off to the library. It should be a walk in the park. So, Corey, we're walking down past the front of this beautiful library just in case listeners haven't visited westerly library it is a beautiful yellow brick building with ornamenture all over it and a a red roof tell us a little bit about this because it's a gorgeous absolutely stunning building the library was established in the, the 1890s by a bequest from stephen wilcox who wanted to create a civil war monument in town and he left money that turned into the library and you can see the original part of it versus you know the additions there's been two or three major additions over the years just because population growth and needs and things changing but essentially 
The park was a bequest from Stephen Wilcox and his widow, uh, Harriet Wilcox, left some of the land and money to do the park. And it's a magnificent building. I spent my childhood doing reports using the reference materials at the Westerly Library. And they are amazing. I work with them now as the editor of the paper to write a little bit of a column each week touting the library's services. What's interesting about libraries is I think people thought that they were going to disappear when the internet came along, and the answer actually is no, they've become even more popular. A hundred percent. I talk to the librarians sometimes, and you know they have to be IT troubleshooters, babysitters in some cases. They have to be social workers. It's, it's a very different job than... 30 or 40 years ago, but but I'll tell you what, they take it on and they, they meet the challenge. It's, they, we really are lucky with the Westerly Library staff and leadership. Let's take a further walk down the road. We've got a nice busy day today. It's a Monday that we're actually recording this and there's plenty of, of traffic. It's a hive of activity as we walk through uh, downtown Westerly. I think the nice thing about Westerly, certainly for me as, as an outsider that lives in Connecticut and comes to visit here, is it, it is so walkable. Absolutely. We are lucky to have a mostly intact downtown. There's been a few fires along the way, but but this appears largely as it did 50, 60 years ago. You know, a lot of the buildings have been restored. You know, the Washington Trust building is, in my opinion, the crown jewel of the buildings. I believe it was built in 1922 to house what is now a, a large regional bank. It stands sentinel over the proceedings. You have over here the Marini building, further down the Brown building. All of these buildings have a history and date back to the early 20th century. And they're all thriving with businesses. And there's been a lot of renovation, rejuvenation going on, because, I mean, that's always the problem with, like, um, small-town America, is that often it falls into dilapidation and you know, there isn't the money there to keep it going. That doesn't certainly seem to be the case visually as we look around, as I say, the downtown area of Westerly. No, we've been lucky that we have had pretty solid ownership of most of these buildings, and they've kept the buildings up. And and downtown, when I was a kid in the 80s, I lived close over the border, and that's all we did was my mother would walk, and myself, we'd walk downtown and do all of our shopping and window shopping, and I used to buy baseball cards down here, and we used to go to the uh, McCormick's department store, and the, the types of businesses have changed a little bit, but everything's thriving. If there's an empty storefront, three months later, something else is going in. It's, it's a quick turnover, and that's heartening to see it. It's a, it's a good barometer of the health of the downtown business community. The interesting thing as well is, the, as you say, the, the types of stores that are along the downtown area. Lots of eateries, lots of bars. I mean, you can eat plenty of different foods and get lots of drink down here as well. Sure. When I was a kid, I don't think there was a, an eatery down. I, I can't remember an eatery down here. Maybe the lunch counter at McCrory's. In the last 15 years or so, There has been an amazing influx of a variety of restaurants, bars, and eateries. It is jam-packed down here on the weekends and and really uh, on the weekdays, to be honest with you. I'm usually uh, headed home at about 10 o'clock, maybe 11 o'clock. And it looks like a college town. It's it's that crowded. It's it's really wonderful to see. And you still have some of your classic businesses like Westerly Jewelry and Negrelli's and Chelly's Furniture and Woodmansees. It's a great mix. Uh, there's there's something for everyone in downtown Westerly. 
The other good thing about Westerly as well is it's easy to get to, and also you've got a train station, which is always helpful to a town, isn't it? True. It's not a full-service train station. There's actually an art gallery in there now, but you're right. To be able to get on the Amtrak from Westerly is it's a luxury, especially nowadays. The other thing I wanted to ask you is we've been walking around and I've been observing lots of water features. You seem to like your fountains and your waterfalls here in well, Westerly. If, if Westerly is one thing, it's, it's, it's very watery. We're very much a, a town built on the water, right? I mean, the Pawkentuck River was the lifeblood in, you know, antebellum times and pre-colonial, uh, you know, colonial and pre-colonial. And the river was the lifeblood and the ocean was the lifeblood. And now... It's more recreational, but you know, the river and the ocean are still central to what Westerly is. Talking a little bit about its history as well, I mean, Westerly was renowned for its pink granite. Tell us a little bit about that, because that's everywhere in the U.S., and people probably don't know that. Absolutely. Westerly was a leader, one of the sought-after sites for its pink granite at the end of the 19th century and beginning of the 20th century. And you'll find Westerly granite in a lot of Civil War monuments, in a lot of civic monuments, in a lot of municipal buildings along the East Coast, mostly, and in Brooklyn, in a lot of the brownstones. So Westerly Granite was a main source of employment for the immigration wave that mostly from Italy, from the Calabria region, and you know some from Sicily. But a lot of the immigrants who came to Westerly in the early 20th century, late 19th century, found a, a job and a way to make a living through the granite industry, and they became some of the most beautiful craftsmen and artisans that we've ever had. Westerly was very well known in, in the granite industry. We stood outside the United Theatre. It's always nice to see a still-working theatre in any sort of, like, town. Tell us a little bit about United, because it's looking good. It is an amazing restoration. As a kid, I saw... E.T., the extraterrestrial here. I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark here. I saw, I mean, just about any of those early 80s Spielbergian classics. Turn of the Jedi. This theater held a lot of memories for me, and it was closed down for probably 30 years. And thank God for Chuck Royce and the effort he put forth to restore this. And now we're standing under the huge marquee that is like a beacon in the downtown now and it's so fun and so amazing to have the united back they are partnering with the rhode island philharmonic they have a music school in here they have art gallery space they have three theaters showing actual movies it's really a multiplex and it's really it's one of those things that just as somebody who grew up around here and still lives here it is i guess it would be i'd call it a morale booster that the United is back. Corey, we're sat in the car here on a gorgeous day at Watch Hill Beach. Talk to us about it because it is just amazing. I mean, we're talking houses that we're looking at here in the tens of millions of dollars. I mean, it's a busy old day down here, which is nice to see people walking along. Yeah, this section of town certainly has some spectacular real estate if you're in the market. It is amazing collection of beautiful, spectacular viewed houses that look out over the Atlantic Ocean. The crown jewel for locals is Napa Tree Point, which juts out towards Stonington Borough, actually. On the way here, we were having a chat before we started, obviously, recording this segment for the podcast. And, you know, we'd previously talked about the whole 
pink granite and you said so like the beaches are the new granite of, of Westerly. Yeah, I think so. That's what people know Westerly for is Musquamacut and Watch Hill and summertime fun. Certainly in Watch Hill, the harbor is kind of, a, I would say, a pageant for the coolest boats you've ever seen this side of San Tropez. I can see some very expensive looking super yachts actually right, not far right. from where we're at. Yeah, it's, it's a boater's paradise here. And then, as I said, Napa Tree Point is just about beautiful a, a spit of beach as there is on the eastern seaboard. And it's drawn celebrities as well. I mean, Westerly's well known for, you know, celebrities coming here as well. And certainly Watch Hill. Sure. I mean, there's always whispers when famous people are in town. I think the Clintons were here recently, and there was a wedding recently of former New York Yankees player Willie Randolph's daughter got married here. And I think Bill, one of Bill Belichick, New England Patriot coach, uh, one of his daughters got married here. And, of course, the crown jewel of them all, Taylor Swift, who lives up on the hill and had a famous few Fourth of July celebrations at the White House on the hill. Well, we're going to take a further drive because we're going to make our way to another top location here in Watch Hill called Ocean House, and we're going to let you tell us all about it when we get there. Sure thing. We're parked outside of Ocean House. Tell us a little bit about that because this is another iconic building here in Watch Hill. Well, the Ocean House is the crown jewel of Watch Hill, in my opinion. It is a striking edifice. It throws off, to me, Titanic vibes. Not in a bad way, not in a sinking way, but like in a grandeur way. It is a place that was pretty run down as the century turned into the 21st. And about 10, 15 years, I forget the exact year, but basically Chuck Royce again spearheaded an effort. And what they did was they rebuilt the ocean house. They tore it down and they saved everything that could be saved. And they rebuilt it with modern materials. And it's very, very, very faithful to the original. And it looks, it stands now just like it did in late 1800s, you know, when it was one of the top sought-after resorts on the East Coast. And now it is once again one of the top highly sought-after resorts on the East Coast. I think the prices have gone up a little bit, though. Taken a bit of a drive. We're now at Miss. I can't even pronounce it. Pronounce it for Nusquamakit. me. Thank you. Yeah, Nusquamakit is my playground when I was a kid. Used to come here, worked here a couple summers. But Nusquamakit is the more commercial beach area, with uh, a large part of it being the state beach. There's two westerly town beaches that are open only to, to residents of Westerly. And a ton of attractions, a ton of places to eat, a ton of little beach houses, beach clubs. Mesquamacut is an interesting place. It's where the Native American tribes first signed over the land that is now Westerly. So, you know, it holds a, a very important historical footnote, I guess you'd call it, for the town. And also, it is, for my money, the nicest stretch of beach from probably Charlestown, to the end of Napa Tree Point, maybe on the East Coast. It, it certainly is. I mean, for bearing in mind that Rhode Island is the smallest state in the nation, it seems like it's going on for miles. miles. I mean, it's beautiful, sandy, gorgeous-looking you know, beach. Absolutely. Westerly is just blessed. It's, it's so lucky to have this abundance of natural beauty. And certainly, I think residents should appreciate it and not take it for granted, but... 
I'll get off my soapbox and, and also say that, you know, coming along with the natural beauty is an extreme vulnerability to Mother Nature. And Musquamkit was destroyed in the hurricane of 38, and as was Napa Tree Point and, and Watch Hill, which basically had an entire street of beach houses wiped out down in Watch Hill. But, but in Musquamkit, it was decimated. It was a thriving beach community, and it was just decimated, and everyone had to rebuild. There have been certainly other storms, but the 38 storm is the bellwether by which all others are measured. And in 2012, Hurricane Sandy did a number on the beach, basically deposited uh, a bajillion tons of sand onto Atlantic Avenue. And, you know, the Chamber of Commerce, led by Lisa Kanicki, really spearheaded an effort, and that beach was open the next beach season. And uh, it was it was an amazing bit of teamwork and camaraderie. And, you know, I still think about it a lot every time I drive down here. The reason is, is because we are proud of this and we really care about keeping it up and preserving it and passing it on to future generations. I think as well, beach communities are that little bit more resilient because they have to be. I mean, Mother Nature is on their doorstep Absolutely. I totally agree with you there. We know what it is to ride the wave, no pun intended, of uh, Mother Nature's whims. Just talk to us a little bit as well, because as we were driving from Watch Hill down to Miss Cromichet, we obviously were going through some uh, some neighbourhoods as well. You were talking a little bit about some of those smaller houses. I mean, you know, the house prices around here are incredible. I mean, house prices generally, of course, in the US are, are, are you know, quite high. But I mean, you know, certainly they, they're quite expensive because of the size of houses. Talk to us a little bit about what you were saying about some of the Miss Cromichet community. Oh, yeah. Well, Miss Cromichet started out very much locals owning these these little parcels with the beach houses on them and this is probably you know certainly there were people here before the 20th century but early 20th century all of these little plots that we drove by with these small little beach houses that have been pumped up on steroids a lot of them in the past 20 years these are all descendants of the not only are the buildings descendants of the original plots on the plat but they're also a lot of them are still in local people's families and whether they're rented out for seasonal use or whatever it's still quite a, a wonderful link to how Musquamakit was populated when it first began so there's a lot of family history that runs through a lot of these buildings and businesses Sakura, we've come to the end of our tour back at the Westerly Sons offices. Westerly, I mean, the newspaper. Let's just quickly talk about that because obviously we've had the privilege of you taking us around Westerly. How is the Westerly Sun doing? We are doing wonderfully. We have a lot of too much to cover. I wish we could cover more. You know, we have been purchased recently. Well, I guess it's not recently anymore. It's 2018 by Rhode Island Suburban Newspapers, which is a newspaper group that has papers in all areas of the state. So now we have this like synergy with our sister papers, Pawtucket Times, the Woonsocket Call, Wakefield Independent, and Kent County Daily Times. We have a synergy up and down the state that, you know, really gives us kind of our own little news service in the state of Rhode Island. The other thing to mention as well, though, is you also cross borders because the people that own you also own some Connecticut newspapers. That's true. Yeah, we uh, we own... Now we own the Willamanta Chronicle and the Bristol Press and the New Britain Herald. 
So that is a, a foray into Connecticut that was recently made. Talk to us a little bit more about the communities, because as we were driving back to the office, you were saying you wanted to touch upon some of the other communities here in uh, in Westerly. So give us the lowdown on those. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, you know, downtown and the beaches, you know, those Everybody talks about those, but really Westerly Strength is in its communities. It has very diverse communities within the community. Certainly downtown is one community, White Rock, good working class community, Potter Hill, Dunn's Corners, Bradford. Bradford's an amazing community. You know, these are all Weekapog. We didn't touch on Weekapog when I talked about the beach, but Weekapog is a great community. And there's more that I'm missing, but those are the main ones. And you know, that's really what makes this town great. I mean, we have everything here. We have beaches, we have industry, we have a thriving nightlife, we have we have more than a few antique stores. We have everything you want in a community. We have a great high school. We have a skating rink. We have a theater. Listen, Westerly has it all. And that's that's really the point I want to get across is that this is a tight knit community. It is a thriving community. It's a beautiful community, and it's one that uh, we should all appreciate. Sort of, in a way, really a poster child for so many towns and even cities that would like to be westerly. They hate us because they ain't us, Brian. (laughs) Corey, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for taking me on a tour of westerly. I have visited uh, before, but it's always nice to have somebody who knows the place to actually take you around, show you, you know, the bits that the the locals know about sort of thing. And of course, it's it's always a pleasure to be taken around, as I say, by the editor of the the Westerly Sun newspaper as well, which is a great news outlet. And you better get back to do the newspaper, I guess. That's right. Deadline approaches. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate the opportunity. And if you want to find out more about what's happening in Westerly, then visit the local newspaper's website at thewesterlysun.com. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. The warmer weather is here and it's time to give your plants some health care. From mulching to aeration to growth regulator, remedial and preventative treatments against fungus as well as insects like the spotted lanternfly and gypsy moth. Don't be reactive, be proactive and keep your trees and plants in tip-top condition to avoid long-term health problems. Find more details about plant health care services. Call 860-234-4041 or visit our website at greenvalleytreeworks.com. Time now for a look at other stories making the headlines this week, sponsored by... Healing Therapies Through Sharing is Eastern Connecticut's holistic wellness center for those recently diagnosed or living with a cancer diagnosis and their caregivers. We offer a range of services including adult and pediatric oncology massage, lymphatic drainage, craniosacral therapy, yoga for cancer, and much more. For details about our full range of services and our team of licensed professional therapists and providers, visit our website at healingtherapiesct.org or call us on 860-443-0800. We look forward to hearing from you. 
The world's first nuclear submarine, USS Nautilus, has returned to public display after almost a year undergoing a $36 million preservation. Senior Navy leaders, government and state officials, together with Navy veterans, welcomed back the historic ship to her home at the U.S. submarine base in Groton recently. Governor Lamont was the key speaker at the event and had these words for the submarine and for those who serve. Welcome back, Nautilus. We missed you. Refurbished, ready to go at home, right where you belong. This is the gateway. This is a way that we remember and celebrate each and every one of you, the submariners, their families, the essential workers, and what the fleet means for keeping us safe. And freedom isn't free. U.S. Congressman Joe Courtney was also present at the ceremony and told how the controversial submarine was built back in 1951 against the Navy's wishes by Admiral Hyman Rickover, who became known as the father of the nuclear Navy. The Nautilus was built from used parts, a diesel submarine already under construction, liquid-holding tanks from a bankrupt New Jersey dairy, emergency diesel engine salvaged from a minesweeper that had been spent the last few years sunk on the bottom of a river, and a refurbished engine room appropriated from a pre-World War II destroyer. He was thus able to build the world's first nuclear-powered submarine for less than $70 million. Preservation of Nautilus will ensure the ship will be around and open to educate and inform the public for the next 30 years. Though many Connecticut small businesses have weathered the pandemic, it has not been the easiest of circumstances. And how are they doing now? Edwin J. Vieira of the Connecticut News Service has this update. Small businesses make up almost half of Connecticut's economy, and they needed more than $14 billion in support from the Small Business Administration to stay afloat. Catherine Marks with the Connecticut District Office of the SBA says despite these tough years, she's been inspired to watch how well they've dealt with this call to action. Small businesses deal with challenges every day. The pandemic just layered on such enormous challenges. And watching small businesses pivot was amazing. Watching a restaurant pivot from in-service dining to takeout and doing a spectacular job of it. About 1,300 restaurants in Connecticut received SBA funding of more than $300 million to help them through the pandemic, but more than 3,300 applied. Mark says the SBA programs created to help businesses through that time for their necessity in the future. I'm Edwin J. Vieira. A traveling Ukrainian art exhibition showing the struggle of women in the country has made its first stop at Eastern Connecticut State University's Art Gallery. Women at War looks at 14 female Ukrainian artists' work following the 2014 annexation of Crimea to the present-day conflict with Russia. Julia Wintner is the coordinator at Eastern Art Gallery and Services and explains why she wanted to bring the exhibition to the university. Our students are often Connecticut born and raised and maybe the war sounds a little bit abstract to them. So I wanted to show them that it's really real and women are fighting along with men actually on the battlefield and on the front lines of the war. The centerpiece of the exhibition is a sculpture of a loaf of bread showing Ukraine's importance in the world as a producer of wheat, but also the struggles of other countries in the region. So this um, slices of bread that is on the side of the sculpture are symbols of different uh, countries that were part of Russia back then, but now they want to be independent. 
Many of the artists have managed to flee the country, but some are still fighting in Ukraine. The exhibition offers personal insight into Ukraine's fight for its independence, as well as women's fight for equality in post-Soviet countries. The exhibition is open now through October 15th before heading to Wesleyan University in the state. And the Lyman Allen Art Museum based in New London has received an early birthday present in the form of a half a million dollar donation. This year marks the 90th anniversary of the museum and museum director Sam Quigley says the money is going towards helping to transform the museum grounds into something special. This is the largest gift that this museum has received since 1939, and it enables all sorts of forward thinking for us. We have embarked upon a development of a master plan for the redevelopment of our 12 acres of green space into an urban park, and this gift makes it possible for us to think expansively. Ellen Anderson is the museum director of development and says the money will help bring to life the museum founder's original vision. We feel that with this wonderful gift from the Laboratory Sharp Family Foundation, we are carrying out Harriet Allen's legacy. She was the person who said, I would like to have my estate create a park and a museum for the people of New London. We're bringing that park into reality today. The museum was established as a gift from Harriet Allen, a lifelong New London resident, in memory of her seafaring father, and houses over 17,000 objects from ancient times to the present. That's all from us for this edition. Do send us your questions and story ideas to the show via our website at Connecticut-East.com or Facebook or Twitter at Connecticut East and on Instagram at Connecticut East this week. And you can listen to the show again on our social platforms on demand and by asking your smart speaker to play Connecticut East This Week podcast. And please like, follow and share on your social media too. I'm Brian Scott-Smith. Thank you for listening.